Welcome to another episode of Touched by Nessie, where we have been touched to touch lives. If you're listening to me today, it means you're in the right place at the right time to be touched by God. I'm your good newscaster, Vanessa, and I'm here to share the good news with you so we can go together. Come along with me and let's get touched. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. For those of us who read the book of Genesis, we probably might come across it, but I doubt we paid so much attention to it. The title of today's episode is... Two proposals, one I do. I know, <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm going to be reading the book of Genesis chapter 42, verse 35 to 38, and Genesis chapter 43, verse 7 to 11. Okay, let's listen to the word of God. Genesis chapter 42, verse 35 to 38. As they emptied their sacks, behold, every man's bundle of money was in a sack. And when they and their father saw their bundle of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and now you take Benjamin? All this has come against me. Then Reuben said to his father, Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands, and I'll bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he's the only one left. If harm should happen to him on the journey that you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to shield. Chapter 43, verse 8, 7 to 11. They replied, The man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? What we told him was in answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the boy with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety, for my hand you shall acquire of him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now have returned twice. Then their father, Israel, said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your bags and carry a present down to the man. A little balm and a little honey, gum, meh, nuts, and almonds. And this is the word of God. Amen. So background to the story is, Joseph is now the prince of Egypt, you can see that. There's farming that has hit the land and and Jacob had sent his sons to go and then look for food. And in the land of Egypt, they met Joseph. They couldn't recognize him. And Joseph was telling them that they were spies and told them that if they were really not spies, they should leave one of their brothers behind and go and bring their youngest brother to prove their innocence. So... The brothers left Simeon behind and they came to their father to narrate every single thing that happened to them. So we see Jacob lament and we see Reuben present a proposal. And later on in chapter 43, we also see Judah 
present another proposal and that's what we're going to be talking about today now what is a proposal a proposal is something you put forward for consideration okay in your writing of your thesis like your marketing strategy and in the season of love <laughs> we have guys come up to lease to propose to them you know they present an offer of marriage an offer of relationship that they would really want them to enter into it with them so i'm seeing this as less there are three characters in this whole story we have jacob we have Ruben, and we have judah and jacob is the we if that's a word Ruben is the first Rua and Judah is the second Rua. And both these latter men I've mentioned are trying to get Jacob to release Benjamin so they can go for their brother. And we're going to examine the two strategies or the two proposals that either men presented to Jacob and which of them Jacob was excited about to say, I do too. So that's what today is all about. That means for today, we are going to be Jacob and you're going to journey along with me as we make the right choice as to which proposal we should accept or if we indeed agree with Jacob with the proposal he accepted. And to help us make the right choice, we need to know who these men are. So who is Ruben and who is Judah? Character profile coming up. So, Reuben is the firstborn son of Jacob. And throwback is to when Jacob married Leah. And, you know, he, he didn't really love Leah, but Leah's womb was opened and he gave birth to the first son. And Leah was like, behold, see a son. So that's how come Reuben was born. And that's the meaning of Reuben. And Reuben was the firstborn son. So he had, like, a great future. <laughs> Double portion inheritance. First one son title and status, but he did something crazy or something really vile or evil or very bad. <laughs> Ruben went up to his father's couch or father's room and slept with his father's concubine. And this story you can find in Genesis chapter 35, verse 22. And this act of Ruben marred his reputation for the rest of his life. He was stripped of his title as firstborn son. He was stripped of the privileges of it. Even when Jacob was blessing his children, he realized that Reuben's blessing was not the best. And we can see that in Genesis chapter 49, verse 3 to 4. I'd like to read that. So Jacob told him, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the first fruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed then you defiled it he went up to my couch so in the twinkling of an eye Reuben had lost it all and the reason why I'm really firm to say that he really lost his firstborn rights was because even if you would go through the account of the tribe of Reuben in Deuteronomy you realize there weren't so many they were just few unlike the other tribes so his splendor affected his whole generation. And so that's Reuben. Another person we're going to be looking at is Judah. Judah was the fourth born of his mother Leah also. And after Leah had given birth to three children, and you realize that 
all the three times she gave birth, she was so concerned about the husband. So all their names were related to the husband giving attention to her and all that. But at the time she gave birth to Judah, she changed her profession and she said that she's praising the Lord that the Lord had given her for. So Judah was the last born in the first cycle of Leah's children and Judah means praise. Now Judah also was not without fault. Actually, Judah did something bad as well. He offended his daughter-in-law. How did he do so? Instead of allowing the daughter-in-law marry his third son when he grew because that was custom. He was afraid that he's going to lose him since every son of his that married her died. Okay. And you find this story in Genesis chapter 38. So do well to read. It's an interesting story, actually. So that, that's Judah. And so we see these two men from the same family oof, trying to woo the same man who is their father. Yes. And even though they are from the same woman, they both have different strategies. They both have different characters. And that means that no two men from the same family will be alike. No matter what, they'll be unique, they'll be different. And it's their differences that is going to make you make the right choice, okay? That's what's going to help you make the right choice. So be on the lookout for what makes each person coming out there to propose to you unique and different. Since we know our men now, let's consider how they proposed. In verse 37 of chapter 42, this is what Reuben said. Reuben said to his father, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands and I'll bring him back to you. I personally have issues with Ruben because one, Ruben is impulsive. Ruben has been impulsive since time immemorial. And that's one key characteristic of the proposal, his impulsiveness. You'd realize that he's too hasty in his decisions. Like, first of all, he goes up to sleep with his father's concubine. And all of a sudden, he comes trying to act all hero, like, okay, so give me the boy, I'm going to return him. If you are somebody who makes hasty decisions, you'd realize that you'll never, ever be wise, okay? A wise person is someone who is able to take time to carefully consider his ways and then plunge deep. But that's what Ruben missed. Ruben was very impulsive. Proverbs 20 verse 25 makes us understand that an impulsive vow is a trap. Later, you will wish you could get out of it. In the same book of Proverbs chapter 19 verse 2, we learn that he sins who hastens his feet. So anyone who is always in a rush is always going to end up in trouble. And this, unfortunately, was one characteristic of Rubin and his proposal. Number two, it had no strategy. Rubin had no vision. He had no goal. He just wanted to bring Benjamin to Joseph and then return him like how was he going to do that he didn't think about it so this also links to the fact that he was impulsive number three Ruben was selfish and this is particularly <laughs> something that really hits the core of my heart you know he was so selfish he he was willing to go to all extents just to drive home the points that hey I can get this done. And I'm saying this because he said that you can kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. He was so selfish. Like, he was willing to put the lives of the people he loved on the line just to make a point. If someone comes to you and is proposing to you and you realize that he's someone who would not hesitate at anything just to get what he wants, 
should think twice about it. One day he might be sacrificing his sister or his mother, baby girl or bester man. You probably might be next in line. So be very careful. And so that's what Ruben was doing. Now Ruben's proposal could be really likened to what the world proposes to us every single day. We look on our TV monitors and we just see all the chaos that is ongoing. And we see the world present as options, options of taking to alcohol or smoking or being abused or temporary solutions like thinking that by indulging yourself in your academics or in your work, everything is going to work out fine. Or you think that you can get back at your wife by cheating on her. Or you think your job, you can get back at your boss by not doing so well at your job. Or you think I even get back at your pastor by not paying your tithe. The world is always giving us options. Options that seem they are going to be solutions. But these are temporary solutions to permanent problems. And anytime the world gives you an impulsive solution, remember it's a trap. And you'll be going back to begging the world to take it back. That was the Rubens proposal out there. Now let's look at Judah's proposal. Judah was different. Why was Judah different? First of all, when Judah knew the right timing, unfortunately, Reuben did not have the right timing. Judah allowed his father to now present the fact that, hey, if they do not get more grain, they were going to die. So he didn't just jump on the opportunity. He sought to find the right time for that opportunity to present his proposal. Always should be on the lookout for the right timing. Um, Abigail knew the right timing. You know, when Abigail met David... In the book of Samuel chapter 25, um, the whole of that 25, I'm going to particularly consider 36 and 37. You realize that after Abigail had met David and then pacified him, when she got home, Nabal was in high spirits. He was drunk. She didn't just jump at the opportunity to tell him that, hey, foolish man, <laughs> I want to meet the person who was about to kill you and I've settled everything. No, she waited till he was sober the next morning to tell him all the things that she had done the previous day. And so right timing is very important when you're presenting a proposal. Judah had the right timing. Number two, Judah had a strategy. Unlike Ruben, who just told her father that, put him in my hands and I'm going to bring him back. Judah knew how to speak to the conscience of his father. He expressed an all-inclusive agenda. He spoke about how when the boy was put in his hands, he's going to arise with him and he's going to come back with him together. And he even made sure that he was securing the future of him, Jacob, Judah himself, and even the little children. So you can see that, yes, he had the strategy. He knew how to speak to the conscience of his father and not just mention it. Number three, Judah was self-sacrificial. And this can be seen in verse nine. I'll be a pledge of his safety. For my hand you shall require of him. And this so deeply contrasts Ruben. Ruben was ready to put his sons on the line. Like kill my sons if I don't bring him back. Yes, Judah telling his father that I myself will be a pledge of his safety. If there is any problem, don't think about my children. Put the blame on me. I'm willing to sacrifice myself 
for the safety of my brother. And I think that was what Jacob was in the lookout for. That was what he was interested in. Who is ready to put himself out there for his brothers? I also believe this was what Joseph was testing when he wanted Benjamin to come along with them the next time. He wanted to know if after all these years, have my brothers changed? Are they now self-sacrificial? Will they be willing to put their life down for the son of their mother's rival? Have they learned from their mistakes? And do that clearly show these attributes. And it's not surprising that when um, Jacob was blessing him, he said something wonderful in chapter 49, verse 9. Judah is a lion's cup. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as a lioness who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of people. And this is the characteristic that people look out for in a king, in a kingdom man, in a leader, someone who is willing to put down his life for his subject, someone who is willing to be like I am ready to die for you people. And it's not surprising that Jesus Christ came from the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ had the same inborn genes within himself to sacrifice himself for men that did not deserve it. He came to die for you and I. And so Revelation says in chapter 3 verse 5 that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was the one for whom the prophecy was called upon. He is the one you should say yes, because the proposal of Jesus is going to be always self-sacrificial. That is the king we always look out for, the Judah's proposal. And so Judah was not just a brother with a proposal. I believe that Reuben and Judah both represented two important covenants in the Bible. Reuben being the covenant of old. When they were slaying sheep and goats so hastily and impulsively, but then Judah represented the better covenant, you know, Jesus Christ himself. The greatest proposal you can ever receive is from the one who is willing to lay down his life for you and I. And if I was Jacob, I definitely would give my son out to Judah because he's the person I can see a kinging, he's the person I can see a leader in, he's the person I can vouch for to bring my son back to me. Whose proposal have you been listening to? Have you been listening to a Reuben's proposal or have you been listening to a Judas proposal? Think about it. If you're listening to me today, and you've had so many proposals from the world, from the world of alcoholism, from the world of depression, from the world of abuse, from the world of sorrow, and you've been crying so much. I'm here to present a better proposal to you, the Jesus proposal. Jesus is proposing to you a love that never dies, a love that never fails, a love that never gives up. He's proposing to you a self-sacrificial love. He's willing to be the pledge of your safety. And you'll find this in no other person than Christ. If you want to say yes to this proposal, you just want to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my life today. I thank you that you died for me. And I thank you that you love me. I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. Please come and stay in my heart and be the Lord of my life. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for the salvation. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. If you said this proposal, that means you've just received a yes from God and he's ready to live life with you like never before. God bless you. Make sure you join a Bible-believing church to grow your faith. God bless you, everyone. And that's it for today. today's episode or you have any testimonies you like to share or prayer requests you like us to help you pray about you can dm us on our instagram page at underscore touched by nessie or write to us on our email touched by nessie at gmail.com don't forget to like comment and follow our instagram page at underscore touched by nessie for more holy ghost life transforming christian content and oh subscribe to our podcast too at Touch by Nessie. Stay blessed, stay touched. Touch by Nessie, touched to touch lives.